Welcome back to the Path of Longevity show, or soon to be the Health Longevity Secret show. And I'm your host, Dr. Robert Lufkin. If that's a little confusing, don't worry, stay tuned. It will all become much clearer. <laughs> in today's episode, we explore the intriguing journey of a world champion in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu who found another way to use her amazing talents of sensing energetic pathways through shamanism. Her story serves as an inspiration to us all, illustrating the transformative power of internal conversations and self-exploration. One of the most common questions I get asked are which blood tests I rely on most heavily for myself. And that's really a whole topic unto itself, but I'm gonna and I'm gonna cover it in future programs. But simply put, there are about 17 or so biomarkers that I check on myself on a regular basis. Now, the way I do it is from my home with a simple finger stick like like this. <laughs> and and then I just mail it in. It costs less than $10 per marker, and I get the results right away. If you want to try this um, test for yourself, you can check my website, uh, robertlufkinmd.com, under secrets, and use the code SAVE10, S-A-V-E, the number 10, for $10 off. Try it. Let me know how it goes if you like it. If you are enjoying this program, please hit that subscribe button, or even better, leave a review. Your support makes it possible for us to create the quality programming that we're continually striving for. Also, let us know if there is a certain topic that you would like to see covered or a particular guest that you would like to hear from. And now, please enjoy today's program. Hey, Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Rob. <laughs> it's so great to have you um, it's so great to have you on this program. We met sort of uh, serendipitously and our paths were meant to cross, I think. And and um, maybe before we get started, you, you have such a fascinating origin story, all the stuff you've done <laughs> in your life. Origin stories, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the, uh, we can do the the first the basic what you did before the shamanic stuff and then and then the shamanic origin story too or however you, however you'd like to do it but yeah tell us a little bit about how you came to be uh where you are today man uh so i i've been in physical arts i guess for a long time i've been doing brazilian jiu-jitsu since i always say 2002 or 2003 and the way i describe brazilian jiu-jitsu for the unfamiliar is if you've ever watched a ufc fight or a cage match in mma it's everything they do on the ground besides the without the punching and kicking so i've never been big into striking arts i never particularly wanted to get punched in the face or learn how to um but but uh grappling arts where you're learning to control um opponents through leverage and body mechanics right and and understanding uh sensing where the strengths and weaknesses are in close quarters like that um so that's molded a lot of my life um my dad wanted me to do it for self-defense and then i ended up teaching and traveling the world and moving to San Diego once in 2010, 2011 for a year to pursue on the world stage. I've, I have a one world championship under my belt at blue belt. And I was a Pan American champion at Brown belt. Um, I got to go to Abu Dhabi. Like there's all these cool things that happen as a result <laughs> of that. The ironic thing being that, um, I think I kind of just pursued that because I didn't really know what else to do. And I never asked myself what else I wanted um, <laughs> out of life. So it was a bit of a strained relationship with the sport. And that sort of leads into how eventually I started to kind of release my grip on this thing that I had committed my most of my life to, because every, all my job, all the jobs I needed, because you, it's often difficult to make a living as a jujitsu athlete. Um, were related, uh, oriented around being able to train, um, you know, four to six times a week, um, at least, uh, and, you know, open academies or, or manage academies and things along the lines. Um, and then, uh, so it was a strong part of my identity, um, while also feeling quite stressful at times. <laughs> and, um, 
So I was, eventually I started to kind of let that go a bit and see what else was out there and what, and asking myself the question of what I actually wanted, um, which I think that most people need to do a lot more often because <laughs> um, you, you get on these tracks, right? Where you just kind of start going. And I avoided a lot of things that many people, not everybody, obviously, but many people get stuck in. Like I never wanted to go to college because I didn't have anything I particularly wanted to do that involved college. So I said, no, I'm not going to go where a lot of my friends went because it was the next thing you do after you go through high school. Right. So kind of, at the same time, I've been insatiably curious um, and love learning most of my life. And so just pursuing lots of little rabbit holes and seeing where they lead me one after the other. Jiu-Jitsu led through to a connection to learn Thai massage, which is an energy healing art from Thailand, which is also the catchphrase is like having yoga done to you. So you're usually prone usually on a mat a practice fully clothed um a practitioner is fully clothed you're both fully clothed, um and you're it uses compression range of motion and um stretching um to help the body feel better and to open up energy throughout the body right and there's lots of, of ways that works that led into well i'm doing this for my clients i'd really like them to be able to do things for themselves when we're not together um, so that they don't depend on me. And so that led into studying mobility training with a group out of Canada, primarily with a few other things that I tried along the way, um, but focused mostly with them called functional range systems. And then I traveled around the country and the world trying to take seminars from them and learn things about the way the body works and how cells develop and you know how the forces that we enact upon our bodies change the way that we function in our day-to-day -day lives. Right. And how our body accommodates for the things that we actually do, not the things we wish we were doing. Right. <laughs> um, and and sort of all the health offshoots that kind of came came from that. Um, the the blending of the active and passive physical modalities, um, the massage kind of end of things. And I've never gone to massage school, but like it all makes sense to me. Um, and the uh, the active like exercise side of things fighting um those kinds of things kind of just all blend together to me into the human experience um and energy and the way people interact with the world and themselves and i uh started down a spiritual path sort of by accident through doing Thai massage on people where I learned choreographed sequences, right? Where it's like, okay, you do this when they feel this way, you do this when they feel that way. Great. And people would feel good. Great. Come back next week, whatever. Um, and eventually I'd be on one port of choreography and wish I was on the other side for some reason. Started following that intuition. People immediately started falling asleep in like some kind of deep, who knows what kind of brainwave state, um, theta or whatever. And, and I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, and that dive into intuitive trusting myself and what I was feeling healing eventually led me to more shamanic practices. Huh. Well, <laughs> for our for our audience and and for myself also, um, uh, let's let's start at the beginning for shamanic practices. What what is um, what what is shamanism? What 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 are the basic foundations that we need to understand in order to uh, follow what you're going to tell us? Yeah, for me, I've mostly learned from um, the resources of a guy who calls him, uh, whose name Shaman Durek. Um, Durek Verit is his name, um, and I made the connection to him because somebody opened my eyes to interacting with spirits in a wood-fired hot tub in Hawaii <laughs> on an eco-resort, which is like, of course, of course, that's how that happened, right? Um, uh, shamanism, I would say, is sort of the study of relationships. Um, if people may be a little more familiar with the idea of like animism, um, that, you know, Pocahontas song, every rock and tree and creature has a voice, has a spirit, has a name, right? And the idea that you can have conversations with everything, anything, everything. And I, I include that uh, with people's bodies is a big thing. I have a, a, a page on my website where I posted one of my newsletters that is just like, here's examples of some of the things that you could maybe have a conversation with. Um, 
And what we talked about when we, um, at that lunch that we met at a little bit was what I like to do is, is bring people into a sense of their relationship with things um, through what is actually happening. When we say senses, usually people skip right to analysis and judgment, right? So an example would be, um, I've played with, let's go deep quickly, played with the idea of saying, okay, well, hey, Rob, like, <laughs> if you say, hello, God, what happens right after that? Like, do you hear something? Do you sense, do you have a feeling in your body? Do you have, um, you know, uh, yeah, do you see something? Do you have a... I, I think I already said that. I generally say like, usually it's something like words pop in your head or a sense of something or a vision um, occurs, right? And that's literally what happens. And so I'm just curious, like, what are the things that pop up for you? And I don't know if you would like to play along with this game where I can just keep kind of describing. Sure, yeah, no, I'm, I'm up sure. for it, yeah. So if you if you say in your thoughts or um, or you say out loud, hello, God, like, what's the response that you get? What happens? Hello, God. I feel a real pause in things and I feel uh, an intensity, but I don't, you know, it just it just sort of focus, maybe because we're just pausing the uh, the the conversation there, but I, I feel a little intensity amp up. Right. And, and I would say that, um, <laughs> that that pause that's a big that's a big part of a lot of introducing people to these kind of ideas is that there's always there's most frequently the question of did I just make this up or some kind of backfilling of like well this is what it probably was and maybe you're right maybe that's absolutely correct and maybe it just was well it was right like it's it's almost difficult in this day and age to we're so trained to interact on an analytical level almost constantly that purely engaging with the senses turn the you like leapfrog over it into the analysis, right? Right. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I feel this. Um, but expansiveness is certainly something that's very that's common for people if you ask a question like that. And then you play the game, you say, okay, well, what if um there's so much that we don't understand, right? And how I judge whether or not something is actually being helpful to a client say is, you know, they, everybody's got a problem. There's some problem, right? <laughs> like, like, uh, like I've got this going on or whatever. I believe that everything makes sense. We just have to figure out why or how, um, like how it makes sense, but everything makes sense um, in the body uh, and, and what's going on with you. So somebody might come with a problem and we figure out that, you know, they it's related to some memory that they have that's really charged right and every time they think of it they either try to avoid it or they get upset or they get agitated or cry or whatever it is right that's a common thing and then we'll just go in and have a conversation with the memory almost and but it's however it appears this is also largely modeled um, or integrated with internal family systems methodology and I, I haven't, I told you before we started recording that I've gone into a lot of rabbit holes um, with mid-depth. Um, I have not taken the internal family systems training. Apparently there's like several years long wait list on that. Um, it has still provided me with a lot of benefit um, feeding into the way that I approach like shamanic healing with people. It's a frame, it's like a modern day psychological framework um, of how to interact with like your inner inner selves, so to speak. They They posit that all people, um, it, it, people would say you're schizophrenic, you know, that you have a part of you that wants to eat ice cream and a part of you that doesn't. And those are different aspects of your personality, right? <laughs> and when, and so conversing with those different aspects that are in conflict um, leads you down the pathway to figuring out your own healing stuff, um, how to help these stresses release. And what I've found is that oftentimes um, it'll lead me down a path that, um, reveals like a, a spiritual entity or something in this person's psyche or purview that they weren't previously aware of um, that we can just have a talk with. And the, the way that I judge whether or not the conversation was helpful, right, is that 
in that case, they might bring up the memory at the end of the conversation, um, or it's, at the end of the session, we'll be like, okay, think of bring of that memory again that's been bothering you for 20 years and makes you agitated every time you think of it. And almost every time, I can't think of any times it didn't happen, um, the person just feels different about the memory. They can think of it without it being an agitating thing, right? Their experience of it has changed. And so while you could say like, yeah, you're making this up. It's, you know, it's weird to think of that you're talking to spirits or you're talking to God or you're talking to the rock outside your door or your heart and it's actually responding to you. Whatever is happening is processing something in a way that creates a felt change. And I think that's what everybody is actually looking for is that they have a, a change in their experience of something that was unpleasant prior. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Going back to what you were saying about the um, the statement, and then immediately going into analysis, it reminds me of um, some work Joe Dispenza does with his um, with his meditation program. He was just a guest on here, and uh, I've been diving into his work, and I'm going to be going to a deep session, a week long meditation session, which will be interesting. Uh, with him in a in a couple months but it sounds I want, like i want to experience what it's like to be in a room of a thousand people meditating like that like that's got to be so cool yeah, yeah. have you yeah. done it have you have you follow no, his one work of my or... friends just did the mexico um retreat i've i've listened to him uh you know off and on um I think mm -hmm. so there's a real power of turning off the analytic mind and and feeling the feeling the feelings and connecting with the spirits or, or whatever to whatever help is right? <laughs> whatever is happening to help to help process these things uh yeah to a, to a point though like the analytical mind so here's some crazy stuff that that happens if you find that you can't just turn it off right and that's something that people um there, there's certainly a, like reprogram. There's lots of ways to reprogram a mind, right? And I'm just dispensing those way more than I'm, I'm probably ever going to know. Um, but one of the the things you can do is, yeah, okay, I'm just going to not pay attention to it for a while, and I'll focus on my goals, and you know, like, cool, like it's fine. It just loses its power. But when you find that it's like super overwhelming, or you can't get space from it, you can literally go, where is that analytical voice coming from? And you'll be able to, I've never come across somebody that wasn't able to locate it somewhere in or around their body. And this is like a fascinating mm. idea, right? Like, where do thoughts come from? This is my last online course that I made was focused on these kinds of ideas about like, I don't know, where do thoughts come from? Let's ask these questions, right? Like, <laughs> and sometimes it might be a spirit. <laughs> sometimes it's the memory of your dad yelling at you and you haven't closed that loop yet in your brain, right? And but you can find it in or around your body and and then you can say hey can you give me some space so that i can just feel stuff and it'll work it's the craziest stuff <laughs> and i'm just i'm still i'm always amazed by it i think it's the coolest thing and if it doesn't then you have a conversation with it about why and then answers arise from wherever they come from and you and it's a really interesting experience to have <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it, it's fascinating these these interactions and i mean it's obviously with many spirits and this is different from the sort of mainstream religions the spiritual path sort of like organized religion with you know judaism christianity or or that this is more like a pantheism where everything is a god or everything is a spirit basically I wouldn't, well i wouldn't necessarily say that i would say just that everything I definitely have the idea of universal positive regard um, for everything. Like, I don't think anything is actually evil, right? Like everything has its own motivations just as much as, you know, the, the creature that some, you know, a predatory animals eating might think that they're evil. It's like, well, they also got to eat. Right. So, you know, I think there's just these relationships and there's so much. Um, yeah. Just, just that you can, that, that nothing means harm per se, that everything is understandable. Um, it doesn't always mean it's fun, right? But that, but you can, through the senses, particularly kind of ground yourself, ironically, back in a 3D reality when you're kind of going all over the place. Um, and 
yeah i'm sorry i, I just didn't think that pan that pantheism sounded quite right to me i was yeah. just the idea that you can um that everything is energy um maybe a little bit more in my in my thought process that everything is like is energy made form whether that's through form into thought form into sound feeling vision yeah that makes sense yeah and, and what you said about assigning meaning and and looking at the good you know the things are basically good it that's it's a really powerful concept that in a sense as humans you know, the world is sort of neutral. I mean, one way to look at it, it's neither good nor bad. You know, it is what it is, but we assign meanings. Like I just have a puppy over there and it's not a good dog or a bad dog. It's a dog. I mean, I love the dog, and, you know, but, you know, a dog is a dog and being able to assign the meanings and look at the world through the lens of the meaning that we give it, uh, is, is a really powerful tool, I would think. And, and, um, and is that part of the the shamanic healing that choosing the meanings that way or how does that is that a separate thing we're going down at, the way that i look at at healing i suppose and that's a great question is is around or clarifying one for me perhaps is i'm kind of i'm thinking about how i tune into someone's body when it's like a bodywork session right and it's a lot of asking and not a lot of telling when I think of healing. Um, it's like what feel and and then for me it's very sensory, a very kinesthetic of like what am I feeling drawn towards, right? Uh, on someone's body, and then what is the way that I need to manipulate this? It, I guess it's a more of a balancing. Like I don't. Uh, like if somebody is particularly agitated, there is a balancing that can happen and it's sort of like bringing it back down. I don't think that the experience of being agitated is necessarily bad, excuse me, <laughs> but it's not, it's not what we like want all the time. All right. Um, and yeah, yeah, that gets into a whole nother line of, of very interesting thinking about, well, well, then why do you decide to do anything? <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel drawn to what do you not like uh you know if everything's fine then why do anything and that's a question that i uh semi-torment myself with constantly what <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the classic sort of stereotypes for shamans when people hear the word shamans they're oftentimes they go to a place of um of uh psychedelic drugs you know like uh or you know famously ayahuasca you know uh these these creatures come come to us on the ayahuasca journeys you know mother ayahuasca appears you know and is is um what role do you think psychedelics play in in your approach to shamanism well i have um <laughs> I think people watch, if you watched me in a day, they would probably think that I'm on drugs on a reasonable basis because I just love the senses a lot. And I'm just like, tree, ooh, you know, like, <laughs> kind of stuff like that. I have very, very little experience with any drugs myself, um, including alcohol. Like, I've been drunk once in my life after a breakup in my 20s by myself, you know, like, <laughs> um, I've had one, one weekend uh, in a really nice set and setting um that a friend of mine put together uh with any experience with um like I, I think I had one microdose of psilocybin and I tried San Pedro and I tried um 5-MeO DMT like in like a week um and like that and and then that was it and I learned in that process that I had a major resistance to um, the idea of people like using psychedelics for healing kind of in, in taking them. I had a voice in my head that was like screaming, like, you don't need this. I wanted to yell at everybody that we don't need this in order to <laughs> and do this stuff. Yeah. And this was like four or five years ago, I guess. Um, and, uh, and then at some point, another little voice of mine came up and was like, why are you so mad? 
<laughs> so not, bro? I was like, oh man, I just coached myself out of that. Um, <laughs> that was really funny to me. I was like, oh, man, why am I so mad about this? Like, what? And that, and that's kind of like a sign. You're like, well, okay, like that self-reflective piece of like, why am I so mad about what other people are doing? Like, why does this bother me? Is often like, let's take a look at that and let's kind of mm. kind of go into um, the healing side of things, right? Um, I think what. <laughs> One of my most popular Instagram posts recently by far was uh, just a quick text that was like, most people that are going to do ayahuasca should probably try sitting with themselves alone first. Um, and I still think that, I don't think yeah. that any avenue is wrong, um, right? I, I think it's helpful to kind of figure out what it is. Ideally, you're gonna go in with, to anything with a lot of intention, right? And, and people that do the full dieta and they, they get ready to go have a ceremony with ayahuasca, like we'll, we'll often do that. And then as it's getting more popular, sometimes there's people that are just like out drinking one night and they're going to go do ayahuasca somewhere in LA tomorrow. Right. And it's, it's like, oh, is that, is that, you know, some of the benefit is in making it a ritual and making it a ceremony. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yourself down to presence right yeah presence and intention and you could probably do a lot of the pre-rituals and get a lot of benefit just from that even if you never went through with it and that's kind of my point is like if you can't sit with yourself at all then then i don't know maybe you have some some questions to answer about what or why that's the the direction you want to go i don't personally feel too drawn towards doing um doing a lot of doing a lot of psychedelics but i'm not totally close to the idea either now now that the little voices in my head argued about it right? <laughs> um it just uh, I, I wish i could take a stronger stance i'm going to be honest with you about whether or not people should or shouldn't do it i don't think there's anything wrong i just wish just like i wish somebody had asked me why i was doing devoting my entire life to jujitsu i would just have friends around you that ask you why you're doing things non-judgmentally and <laughs> and have the courage to ask yourself that when in a journal even when you're setting off so that you have more of a relationship with yourself and the aspects of yourself that that are desiring to go forward and make a change um and maybe you come out with the answer being that yeah this is exactly what feels right to me um or maybe you solve your own problems just by listening to yourself talk for a little while um I guess I'm, I'm, I tend to be a fan of less complication um, and more, I, I love, you know, the idea of anything endogenous would be ideal um, versus uh, exogenous means of going after something. Um, that would be my preference is, is doing a lot of like checking in with what already exists um, before necessarily introducing more to the system. Yeah. yeah, that certainly make makes sense. I um we we touched on meditation a little bit previously. Do you find do you have a meditation practice, a mindfulness practice? Do you find that uh useful in your shamanic work? I really, really do. I wouldn't say that I have I don't have a like every day I do this kind of thing. Um I find my days are better. When, when I do, when I do sit down and like, just take a little bit of um, just being with myself. I had, um, when I, when I used to live in Philadelphia and that was where I started really tuning in. That's when I learned where I learned time massage and started tuning into intuition and stuff. And I did have a while where I like meditated for an hour a day for a long time. And I've done a Vipassana retreat, which is a 10 day silent meditation retreat, which is modeled on uh, the teachings of Gautama Buddha. Um, and it's it's very it's all sensory based and i think it's great and i think it makes so much it makes so much sense right <laughs> uh to to just kind of get back into the the physical body a bit um i yes i do i think meditation is super helpful to people and i've i've gone back and forth over the years about uh only meditation in silence where like you're only you know you're not doing a guided meditation or something as I'm, I'm working a, like a normal job right now and it's been an interesting like experiment seeing how like people are are doing in like a grocery store like the average person working in a grocery store and my n equals one thing 
seems like they're kind of in like a big survival mode and maybe sitting with themselves in total silence would be way harder than having a guided meditation take them there with something that they can focus on, especially if they're so used to focusing exogenously and they're not at a place where they can go like, oh, why can't I sit with myself? Like, that's weird. You know, like whatever turn it takes in the road to make that realization that it's a strange thing to not be able to sit with yourself. Um, I guess I'm a fan of anything that can kind of help people towards that, towards that lane of, of being able to have some self-reflection without a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> in, in reading about shamanism, uh, it, it seems like a lot of, a lot of the, writings about it or people who who practice this and maybe it's more in indigenous cultures but these a lot of these people have um sort of traumatic events in their lives or even even to the point of head injuries or things where they or seizures or something that allows them to connect and uh do you in your experience uh, do you have anything like that it was at the hot tub in hawaii <laughs> maybe that was the foundational thing or was there some experience uh or was it more kind of gradual over time like this for me it's more gradual over time and that's why like my my instagram is shamanic sam like i've i've ever, i think like two or three times in my life i've called myself a shaman but i'm like i don't know how, like who decides like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like exactly i i just know that I'm and, but there are people like the, the shaman Durek guy that I've taken more of the courses from like, yeah, he like full blown, like fifth generation shaman, like, uh, you know, spirits told him like, yeah, like if you continue down this path, there's going to be some hard stuff. He, he died. He had organ failure and, and, you know, went to the, uh, went to the other side and then chose to come back. Right. Or like, and to help the, the people on earth. Right. So he has these whole experiences thank you that I haven't had to go through that, but you know, <laughs> I But I, um, my gradual thing has just been being more and more open to, to me, to what is like, I think all children are born with interacting with uh, metaphysical things. Right. And, and are especially boys tend to have it kind of beaten out of them. I've seen there, there's almost like a, a stereotype for me of, of men that I've met as adults who seem like they're like, holding it together by a thread like something's like they're they're chaotic right and i've i really think that most men in those situations were very sensitive children that had like their entire reality sort of denied and be like well i'm interacting with ghosts in my room and my parents tell me i'm not so therefore who am i to trust right i'm gonna trust my caregiver that is the symbol of my of my existence in this world I don't know, but then if you can't trust your, if you're taught not to trust your senses, that gets complicated quick, right? <laughs> like, you know, and now we get into virtual reality and all the other crazy things that are going, like, I don't even know, but like. Stimulation, <laughs> sure. Stimulation, yeah. right, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but most of the time, it seems that being in touch, getting in touch with your senses truly uh, makes a, a marked difference in people's experience in the world that it's much more grounding to be like i literally feel this period stop like judgment okay the judgment's separate okay cool like i can i can have these separate things or i can feel this and the chatter can be going on or whatever yeah, on your on your website, you you mentioned rocks, candles, and altars, and, and as not being necessary. Or what role do those play in shamanism? Or you know, yeah, like I'm just I have some right. Like I have some, <laughs> I have some rocks, I have some cards, I have some things. I think of everything sort of. I like to use the example of like horoscopes, right? Like you know, what's easier to poke fun at for people than horoscopes like that are in the <laughs> daily paper and you're like, oh, you are going to see a tree today. Like whatever, no kind of thing. <laughs> um, I think any of this stuff, and this goes from like, I don't care if it's a medical, a Western medical text to an ancient whatever, or like you're sitting next to a tree and all of a sudden you have this awakening, right? And that's like Buddha, that's Sir Isaac Newton, like, you know, whatever, whatever comes up. If something draws your attention in a way that affects you and makes sense, then why wouldn't you value that? And that's so great. Like, 
I think that there are higher energy fields around some things than others, but but it's always going to be complicated. And I don't mean that in a negative way with my energy and how I interact with the other energetic field, which is why somebody can hold something and call it sacred and, and, and another person will be like, well, I don't feel anything with that. Therefore you're wrong, right? <laughs> like obviously you're making it up because I don't feel anything. It's like, well, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it's just, you don't yeah. feel anything, right? So if you love, I think a lot of my friends that I admire would say that you have to be careful about what you're, anything, anytime you feel like you're giving your power away to something, right? Versus it being a symbiotic relationship that's helping you in some way. So if you think that the only way you have power is if you hold on to a special crystal, then that's a little bit more of an issue than if you're like, you know, have some sense of yourself that is fairly positive and, and consistently so. And you also feel like this does something for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What, what sort of um, things, if a patient or a person has, has problems and we, (laughs) we all have problems, which sorts of problems are best would, who, what kind of patient, what kind of problems is shamanic healing good for? In other words, uh, what what kind of people would benefit come from coming to you? What sort of, what types of problems can you address? And maybe conversely, maybe there are things that, hey, this is not a shamanic issue. Your your leg is broken. You need a cast on it, or I mean, or I don't know, but maybe yeah, right, you could right. speak to that. Who the who who benefits and who doesn't benefit? I feel like most like crunchy people and and uh, like hippies and spiritual people and all the thing most of us seem to try to draw the line like the people people that are will be the last to turn to western medicine for most solutions still like emergency medicine exists you know like, <laughs> like and i'm also fascinated like there's bone setting techniques that have been you know around for centuries too that i have no awareness of right and and different styptic like herbal formulas that that are can be used and all these things so i, I, I mean i i in lieu of not having that, yeah, please, like, stop the bleeding, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) I, man, I love helping people, well, to to what I said earlier, like, the stuff that, the stuff that I enjoy the most is probably when um, people have uh, something that's just been bothering them that they just can't seem to get rid of, like, they just, and I take less, uh, I'm less fearful about doing something wrong, I would say, um, because it's just essentially guiding a conversation internally, for the most part. There, there are times where I'll say something and I'll be like, well, this is what I'm seeing or perceiving or whatever. And it's helpful and I'm confident in that, right? Versus being like, I hope that you don't mind that I say that I see this, right? That energy is <laughs> not, not very protective. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've done that. I've been there. Is where <laughs> less effective to not be strong and confident. Um, but uh, I love when somebody's like, I just have this memory that keeps popping up and it's driving me crazy. Because to me, that just signifies that there's like... Um, an open loop is the way I, I talk about it. Like, like a, nothing is traumatic if, if it's been resolved, right? Nothing's a problem if, if it's been resolved, if you've had co-regulation with someone. Um, I I love German New Medicine, which you may or may not have heard of, where they they, they use brain scans and things to, to show how everything the body does makes sense um, on a more pragmatic, practical level and like, um, uh sorry where where do I go with that (laughs) but it's it's all about just like figuring out why what is happening makes sense oh oh I brought that up because um they they define like the the causes of of people's maladies are essentially uh that you had an a surprising acute event um in that resulted in emotional isolation Right. So you weren't able to co-regulate back to a feeling of the, that the, the trauma has passed. Right. And most of us just kind of like, just, just, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it later. I don't have anybody around me that knows how to hold me while I cry. 
that's kind of the general Western world human experience these days, right? And so I think that's why, like, I think all these physical things come up as a result of these unresolved metaphysical things, the experience of emotion, the, the whatever it is that you weren't supposed to feel or you didn't give yourself time to feel, which is why meditation is really helpful off the bat, just to skim off the top, be like, actually sit with yourself and feel things. A lot of stuff resolves, like, because you're just not pushing it away anymore and creating more and more internal stress, which has so many cascading effects throughout your nervous system, your physical body, and all these things. Whether or not you ever get to a point where you're like, I need to ask the spirits what's going on, right? These <laughs> kind of things. Um, I help people deal with what is there, and and it's uh, and that can be addressed to virtually any problem that they're having. I definitely will refer people out if, for some reason, it feels like I'm not the right one. Um, if it doesn't feel right to me, uh, I have to respect that that sense too. But my super long answer to your question, I guess, is like helping to resolve uh, painful memories is something that I really love to do. Yeah, I guess I can stop there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, the longer the, the longer the more time I spend in Western medicine, and uh, full disclosure, I've spent my entire career as an acolyte in the cathedrals of conventional Western medicine, I realize how important practices such as you do and you describe there can influence so many systems in our body in ways that you know we don't even begin to understand and things like assigning meaning and and purpose and you know going deep on the spiritual side could just have remarkable effects and it's it's something that sadly i think is is greatly overlooked in our you know, in our current healthcare system, which, you know, has tons of problems anyway. <laughs> I think what it is like about that, the present experience aspect of it, when, when you sort of choose to believe the story that like, you're imagining it, you're making it up instead of like going immediately into like rejection, it's a rejection of something that you're experiencing. And then, and that gets sticky really fast, right? It's like, okay, well, what's wrong with experiencing that um i i you know i know i said i don't think anything is evil or anything either i also don't think everything is good for you right so like there's a there's a vetting process that happens when if you go in if you just go start having conversations with all the thoughts in your head uh i think I, yeah i do want to mention it's a lot of spiritual girlies will go off and be like oh i i heard this voice and it it told me to do these things and it was, it is, I'm going to own that my inner child needs this stuff. So I'm going to go start doing this thing in real life. Chill, chill for a second, because <laughs> most of the healing is going to happen internally. There are actions that you can take for sure. Maybe you need to have more protein. I don't know, you know, but, <laughs> but if you need more saturated fats, like all the things that you, you've talked about, like keto and, and this type of stuff as well, like are going to affect the way the chemical reactions are occurring in your body. Yes, that's all true too. And, um, but to just go off and believe all the voices in your head, because now you think that like Samantha or somebody told you it's okay to go listen to them is not the same. Like you still, there's still a vetting process that occurs of like, whether or not this, this interaction is in your best interest, um, asking it more questions, checking in with whether or not like the experience you're having is mostly loving or not because if you're if you're interacting with something that isn't feeling loving then that means that you have a responsibility or, or job to help that thing heal and get back to its normal state i think that humans and, and the world in general are inherently loving i think that that is our baseline and that things that are outside of that are aberrant um uh even in the conflicting things of me eating something, right? <laughs> or whatever, or a thing trying to eat me. Like, um, there is still a, like a, 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 a calmness or, a, you know, a level at which there is no intent that is, that is evil or anything um, in there. And you can still, um, yeah. So anyway, just, just check in, checking in with a few questions like, uh, whether or not the experience you're having is loving um, and uh, not proceeding if you if you feel like it's kind of the wrong thing to do. Um, I just want to put a little note of caution in there with anybody that just goes off and like 
starts asking all the questions and then following directions without vetting it further. <laughs> sure, absolutely. For, to our listeners, as always, this is not medical advice. <laughs> this is for educational purposes only, but it's uh, it's a great education. I I love the fact that your your journey going from the uh, from the uh, you know world champion now black belt in jujitsu and then turning to this this spiritual path with shamanic healing and the other work that you do it reminds me of a, a story that I read you may be familiar with it it's someone who sort of went the opposite way he was a um, a world class chess champion. Um, and he actually had a movie made about him, something with Bobby Fischer. Is Josh Waitzkin? Do you know him? And yeah. and after He's the public world, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, and finish the story if you want. Yeah, he. Well, after the after the um, the chess uh, publicity from from the movie. He continued to go to tournaments and he was a world, you know, champion chess grandmaster, but he found that there was so much publicity at the tournaments, people would come to see him because he was, he was the character in the movie. I can't remember who played him, but it sort of just dis distracted him from the chess and he finally wound up giving it up and he switched into martial arts and uh, in talking to him, he said, well, it was really the same sort of things because in the chess game, he, he doesn't memorize moves or anything. His his approach was he looks at the board and he, he visualizes energy flow in the pieces. And that's how he can, you know, be a grandmaster for him. That was his approach. And when he switched to martial arts, it was the same thing. He would just visualize the flow and his mind was set up that way. And, you know, I wonder if some of that isn't at play at you, you know, going the, the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, that's like the, it makes me think of the way people are modeling even AI models and stuff these days, right? Like what was, I don't remember the specifics, but that, that story about, um, wasn't it Google that like changed the world of, of like um, chess, like chess robots for life <laughs> because they changed, like it wasn't about like memorizing every move. It was, it was like learning how to learn like was the way that the, yeah. they, they changed like instead of being like well i just need to know twenty five thousand more combinations it was like well what if we just learn how to learn and that's what i feel like like my work is with people is like just paying attention to energy and and what it feels like to do things what is actually happening um yeah, you can't memorize all the moves. It was uh, Deep Mind with Google and AlphaGo, which yeah. is like a chessboard, but it has an innumerable possibility. So it's not possible to program it. But yeah, like you say, it's sensed, uh, it figured out the best way to play. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing I want to, like, I think that even a little bit of attention into um, being okay with what is right and 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 observe being able to observe what is less judgmentally like which happens through the senses like the senses themselves are non-judgmental we add that later right um like helps people with parenting for example there's something that might be relatable to people listening to this is like if you can be like oh like my kid's doing that or my kid's experiencing this thing and i don't have to like take the ball and run with it in any direction it just is what it is everybody just has a much better experience <laughs> yeah it's like pretty calm you know like that's that's one thing i think is really yeah it, it sort of circles back to the assigning meaning you know something happens and then we don't have to immediately say oh that's good that's bad it's just it's what happened and... what's actually happening right yeah and yeah a lot of that is the kids you know are learning something they're figuring something out for themselves right <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely well, for your your programs, people um, people can do this uh, remotely, or they don't need to be in person, or is a combination of it. Who can um, access your programs? Yeah, I have. So I have programs that are like focused on the physical body. When I was more focused on that, um, I'm getting back into that a little bit now, just because, like I said, working in a grocery store and observing people just limping around the grocery store, and I'm like, man, just a little bit more movement in your life would be life-changing, right? And it's moving energy. It's like, 
doing all this stuff, but it's just, it's moving your freaking joint around in a bunch of directions, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's how we evolved was not having the option not to. And our bodies are very confused about the sedentary lives we lead, right? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, so like adding stuff like that. Um, and I have a, a, a pre-recorded course as well. That's um, kind of, I would say an introduction into shamanism in some sense, um, which is the, the supportive mind because the idea is asking those questions of where are my thoughts coming from? How can I direct them more effectively um, towards the things that I want? And how can I deal with the things that pop up when I try to direct towards what I want? You know, like how can I, what questions can I ask of myself of these ideas that are stopping me, right? Um, and, uh, and then I also for sure do, do sessions um, with people in zoom or in person. I'm in San Diego. Um, I love in person because then we can have body work involved and it's just nice. It's so much, it's nice to just have that, you know, multidimensional feel that we can do, but it, it's very effective online too. Just having conversations. I usually get people going in a really good direction within three, three online sessions. They kind of have a lot of knowledge that they can kind of use moving forward towards asking themselves or usually they come to me with some problem and the problem you know that particular problem resolves rather rather quickly once we have a talk with it and um you know and they don't even use the rest of their sessions like that. they're like yeah i'm good okay cool. <laughs> well how can people follow you on social media samantha and what what is your website? We're going to put it in the show notes as well, but people who are listening to this or, or watching it on YouTube, uh, maybe you could just uh, tell them now. Yeah, I have, some, I have some remnants all over the internet, but Shamanic Sam um, is my main uh, social media. It's on Instagram, Shamanic Sam. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which is called Move Well Durham because Durham was where I moved from in North Carolina, where I was teaching uh, martial arts and and doing body work and all the things. And there's a lot of physical and metaphysical content on there. Um, and then I also have a website, samanthafallhaber.com, which I probably should go check and update. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much, Samantha, for for spending time with us today. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll schedule another podcast to do the Tantra talk. I want to dive deep into that, but we, we, we covered so many, so many great things about the shamanism and everything. Uh, this has been wonderful. And thank you so much for, for all the work you're doing. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you for reaching out. I was extremely flattered to hear from you again. I loved, um, around you guys at lunch that day and, and I think it's really cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. This is for general information and educational purposes only and it's not intended to constitute or substitute for medical advice or counseling. The practice of medicine or the provision of health care diagnosis or treatment or the creation of a phys physician patient or clinical relationship. The use of this information is at their own, uh, own user's risk. If you find this to be on the value, please hit that like button to subscribe to support the work that we do on this channel. And we take the, your suggestions and advice very seriously. So please let us know what you'd like to see on this channel. Thanks for watching and we hope to see you next time.